Welcome to All Vampires Are Gay, a serialized narrative podcast created by Corbin Rosewood. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all major podcasting platforms. If you like the show, please consider supporting our work. All Vampires Are Gay is made possible because of listeners like you. You can help out by becoming a patron, shopping our merch, and of course, telling your friends about the show. You can find all the ways to support us and more at our website, CorbinRosewood.com. Corbin here. I just wanted to let you know that if you want to send me an email, I absolutely love hearing from listeners. My email is hello at CorbinRosewood.com. Now on with the show. Episode 16, Fire of the Winter Sun. Welcome, I'm Corwin Rosewood, and tonight we return to the tunnels below Pendragon University, where Victor Nightingale is having a very, very bad day. Scene. Pendragon Tunnels. Victor was having a hard time dealing with everything he'd learned as they began looking through the cache of weapons in the Pendragon Tunnels. Samson and Jin were looking for weapons, potions, and other things that might help them in their fight. Meanwhile, Victor and Robert just stood nearby and waited. Robert was leaning against a wall, his head down and shoulders drooped. Victor glared at him with arms crossed and a scowl. He didn't know yet how he felt about everything, but he definitely knew he was absurdly angry. Samson pulled a medical cooler up from the floor and opened the lid. They pulled out blood bags and handed them to everyone. Victor groaned. Do I have to? It'll help you if you get injured, Samson said. Victor grumbled and sunk his teeth into the bag with a frown. Can I at least have a chaser, he asked. Samson nodded and rooted around on the crowded dusty shelves until they found a half-used bottle of whiskey. They took a swig and passed it to Victor. Victor finished the bag and threw it on the floor with a grimace. That's not blood, that's disgusting, he said, gulping down the whiskey after. Robert was staring at the blood bag in his hands with a look of fear on his face. Victor saw the look and turned to Samson. What are we going to do with him? He's only human. He'll be a liability in a fight. Thanks, Victor. I totally forgot, Samson said cheerfully. I'll get the antidote. They ran off down the hallway to a safe that was embedded into the wall. Samson pressed their fingertip into the seal, and the magical lock lit up and spun around. They opened the door and pulled out a small vial of glowing light blue liquid and a syringe. Antidote? For what? Victor asked. Samson filled up the syringe and trotted back, stabbing it into Robert's arm before Robert could react. In spite of his anger, Victor was worried when Robert convulsed violently, his eyes turning red and muscles bulging. After a moment of convulsing, he opened his mouth and vampire fangs came out and he hissed violently. 
He shook himself off and calmed down, but his eyes were still glowing faintly in the dim tunnel light. Robert smiled and pulled his shoulders back. Ah, that's better. Thanks, Samson, he said. What the hell is going on? Victor asked. Did you just turn him? Not exactly, Robert said, smiling. Victor looked at him. Everything about him felt different. He was stronger, more confident, and even a little bit scary. Victor sniffed the air. The smell of human was fading out and only vampires remained. The strange floral scent he recognized as Robert was fading too. Victor's eyes went wide as he realized the truth. Liren turned me into a vampire before he assigned me to you, Robert said, sinking his teeth into the blood bag. But your smell, your kiss, everything was human, Victor mumbled. This was all becoming too much for him to bear. How is that possible? It's those mysterious little nocturnal flowers Liren's growing on the roof. They are crimson borealis. You can make a tea with them that can temporarily make a vampire appear human. Although it does leave a very distinctive floral aroma, as you noticed. The mention of crimson borealis caught Jin's attention and she whipped around in excitement. Liren's found crimson borealis? <gasps> That's incredible. Everyone thought those were extinct. Yes, I've been dying to tell you about the crimson borealis, Samson said happily. The powers of their berries are complex, and we still don't know much about what they can do. One thing we do know is that they can also turn humans with much less side effects, which is how Liren has made so many new vampires. Robert said the experience of becoming a vampire was relatively easy. Jin whistled and took the little bottle from Samson, her eyes full of keen, nerdy excitement. This is extraordinary. I can't wait to study it. Robert gave me three bottles, so we'll have plenty to work with, Samson said. It was part of how he convinced me he was a good guy. I'd really love to get my hands on a cutting of the full plant, Jin mused. Then I could really start to understand its properties. I wonder if the Inglox machine could tell me anything. Can we stop talking about the damn flowers and focus on what's really important here? Victor demanded. Which is? Samson asked. That you all betrayed me, Victor shouted, pounding the stone wall of the tunnel. With that, he grabbed the whiskey bottle again and stormed down the hallway, muttering to himself. Let's give him a minute to cool off, Jin said, before turning back to the shelves to look for more weapons. Robert and Samson didn't say anything, but they both looked a little guilty. Victor walked the cramped tunnel, feeling the walls closing in tightly around him. He felt like he couldn't breathe. He drank some of the whiskey to steady himself, but he barely noticed it. His thoughts were chasing each other around his head. The emotions were overwhelming. He felt himself start to hyperventilate. A panic attack was building as the thoughts ran around his head at high speed. He let out a primal scream down the empty hallway, sound echoing off the walls into the distance. It felt good to get the sound out, but it didn't fix anything. The thoughts were still there, taunting him. Robert was working for Liren, the first man he'd loved since Julian had betrayed him. 
Liren had set him up with a fake boyfriend. Again. Robert was a vampire the whole time. Samson knew about it and kept it secret. Vampires could pretend to be human. Apricot was dating a werewolf stockbroker. That last thought stopped all the others. He remembered Apricot and Jin, and especially Jin's sad eyes when she had told him about Apricot's fiance. He knew how Jin felt about Apricot, and even if his love life was in tatters, he wasn't going to let Jin lose the person who made her want to do magic again. He took deep breaths, calming himself, digging his nails into his palms and grabbing onto the necklace that always calmed him down. He paced back and forth in the tiny hallway, looking at the potion bottles and reading their labels to distract himself. A little bit of Irish luck, said one bottle. Another read, truth, but only if you want it. He smiled at Jin's interesting potion names. A binding potion, said another. Victor picked it up. The bottle had a dark brown liquid that looked exactly like black coffee. He unstoppered it and took a sniff. It smelled like black coffee too. He put a little drop on his finger and tasted it. Yeah, that was definitely coffee. He laughed and put the little bottle back on the shelf, not even noticing that a few drops from his finger had landed on the silver necklace around his neck. Scene, Pendragon Tunnels. I was thinking we could do Blaze of Glory, Samson said, turning to Jin and handing her a long sword that glimmered in the dim tunnel light. What's that? Robert asked. Didn't we rename that? Victor asked. He had just returned from finishing the bottle of whiskey and calming his nerves. Did we? Jin asked, turning the sword in her hands so its blade caught the light. Yeah, it's definitely fire of the winter sun now, Victor said. Oh yeah, I forgot about that, Samson said. Okay, but what is it? Robert asked. We haven't done that in ages. You really think they'd fall for it? Victor said, ignoring Robert and not meeting his eyes. Jin shrugged. It seems worth trying. They have a lot of new vampires in their midst. I think it might work if you can get Liren out of the main room. No problem, Victor said, grinning. I'd be happy to make his life hell. What's Blaze of Glory? Robert asked again. Or Fire of the Winter Sun or whatever. You'll see, Samson said with a wry grin. Just turn off the lights at my signal. You got everything you need, Jin? Jin pulled a few more bottles from the glowing apothecary shelves and said, Anyone got a lighter? Victor tossed her his. I'll need it back, though. It's very expensive. Noted, Jin said, putting the lighter and the potion bottles into a knapsack and taking off her trench coat. Robert let out a small gasp as he saw her large wings for the first time, hulking behind her small frame, feathers moving gently in the dim light. Jin looked up shyly. Sorry, didn't you know? Robert nodded. I did, but I'd never seen them before. They're so beautiful. Jin beamed. You think so? 
Absolutely, Robert said, his voice awed. Jin pulled down her bun and shook out her long hair. She suddenly looked ethereal and powerful, like an angel descended from heaven. I've always said your wings are fabulous, darling, Victor said, pecking her gently on the cheek. Are we ready? Samson asked, looking at the assembled vampires. Robert was holding a faintly glowing dagger and looked far more comfortable with it than Victor expected. Victor had found an ancient magic knife that glittered in his hand. Samson was holding their preferred weapon, a hand crossbow, and Jin had her sword and potions. We're ready, she said, shaking out her hair and holding up her sword before marching down the hallway to unlock the library door. Scene, Jin's Workshop. It was strangely quiet as they crept through the university wing of the library and into Jin's library. Victor looked at the books strewn around and his empty teacup from earlier in the day. Was it really only that morning he had been sitting in here doing research? It felt like a lifetime ago. He held his breath as they crept up to the door, waiting for the right moment to charge into Jin's workshop. Why are you bothering with all the creeping? We're vampires! We can hear you! Liren shouted through the door. Samson shrugged and motioned the team to head for the door. Jin peeled off to stay behind in the library, setting her giant sword on a table and pouring some of her potions onto the blade. Samson charged into Jin's workshop, crossbow in hand, Victor and Robert close on their heels. What they saw when they emerged was unpleasant, to say the least. Many of her valuable books were all in a pile in the corner, smoldering. Her bottles and tea mugs were smashed, ancient scrolls shredded, and cozy chairs cut apart Carefully tended pots of magical plants were in ruins on the floor. Victor barely had time to take all this in because the main attraction was Apricot. She was floating above one of the tables with a glowing green amulet around her neck and eyes wide with fear. As he looked closer, he saw she had glowing runes carved into her arms and she looked like she was in agonizing pain. Below her on the floor, an arrestingly beautiful woman with long curly hair was holding her hands in the air and whispering incantations. Victor realized she must be Violet, Robert's sister. The resemblance was unmistakable. Behind Apricot and Violet stood an assortment of witches and vampires, all with glowing green amulets. The bouncers from Belladonna Club were there, along with the witch Victor had seen at the bed and breakfast, and a few more people he didn't recognize. The witch was holding on to a giant wolf, nearly as tall as her, who was struggling wildly and howling mournfully. He had a green amulet around his neck, and it glowed fiercely. Could you please take your dog? He's so annoying, Liren said. Gladly. Samson said, and our witch, too. Liren was holding a long, slim knife, and he tapped the blade against his chin. No, I don't think so. First, I need my traitor. 
Then we're going to make you pay for what you did. What we did? Victor was offended. You made me fall in love with a fake boyfriend. Liren looked stunned and stepped back. I didn't make you do anything. I just made a little doll and you fell for it. If you thought your puppy love was real, well, it's not my fault you're so foolish. Victor growled. I'll kill you for this, he said. After everything I've done, this is what you're going to kill me for. Liren threw his head back and laughed loudly, filling the room with the sound. <laughs> if I'd known it would be that easy to rile you up, I would have done this years ago. Victor's eyes darted to Samson. When their eyes met, Samson nodded. It was time for Fire of the Winter Sun. Victor nodded back and leapt into action, running towards Liren with supernatural speed. Liren didn't expect the sudden attack, and he stumbled backwards towards the exit, exactly as Victor had planned. The other vampires didn't seem to know if they should intervene or not, but Samson made the decision easy by launching a glowing potion bottle at them. The bottle crashed against the wall. Burning liquid and shards of glass flew in all directions, wounding and disorienting them. The witches began casting spells, directing the vampires to lunge for Samson and Robert, but they dodged easily out of their range. Victor had a moment to notice what a talented fighter Robert was, before he was ducking an attack from Liren, who was trying to slice his cheek with his long, rune-covered blade. Victor knew what he had to do, and he danced ahead, grabbing Liren's attention and pulling him out into Jin's garden and away from the rest of the fight. Scene, Victor and Liren. If you had asked Victor if he was a good fighter, he probably would have said he wasn't. If you had asked any of his former opponents, they likely would have disagreed, assuming they were still alive. He was skilled at fighting, especially one-on-one -on -one like he was now with Liren. He knew how to surprise his opponent and fend off their attacks expertly. But he didn't think of himself as a good fighter because he didn't enjoy the fight. He only did it out of necessity. Some people loved the dance, the danger, the back and forth. Victor far preferred dancing in a nightclub to sparring on a battlefield. But sparring was exactly what Victor was here to do, and stabbing Liren sounded like a deeply appealing proposition at the moment. Victor lunged for his stomach, but Liren moved quickly out of the way, reaching into his pocket for a tiny vial of glowing liquid. He tossed the liquid at Victor, who jumped out of its range quickly. The bottle smashed on the garden stones with a loud hiss. Oh well, I suppose that would have been too easy. Liren smiled as he maneuvered around Victor through the garden, his shrewd eyes looking for an opening. Victor circled him, waiting to find the right moment before lunging again. Liren ran across the courtyard with super speed, Victor close behind. I just love these little games we play, Liren said. This isn't a game to me, Victor replied. Oh, come on. If you really wanted me dead, I would be, Liren said. You flatter me, 
Victor said, never losing focus of Liren's weak spots. Hardly. You're pathetic, like a dog with a bone when you won't let something go, Liren replied. Ha! Says the guy so obsessed with me he created a fake boyfriend with all my favorite things, Victor said. Liren leapt up onto a bench to buy himself some time, while he pulled off the jacket of his expensive suit and threw it to the ground. He flexed his muscles and leapt down, attempting another surprise attack. Victor parried quickly and stepped backwards through the plants. Oh, Victor, I must tell you about this fascinating conversation I had, Liren said casually. I don't care about any conversations you have, Victor said bitterly. Mm, I think you'll like this one, Liren said proudly. Victor charged and Liren deflected, bounding away through the mushrooms, crushing the carefully cultivated fungi under his boots. You see, it was with the Chevaliers. <laughs> I asked them, why were they so intent on killing you and Samson, of all the vampires? Why would they have bothered some new bloods with barely any powers? <laughs> you know what they told me. They said you two had killed their leader. I found it hard to believe, but it's true. It's true, Victor said with a note of pride. Maybe you shouldn't be so quick to assume we can't stop you too. Mm, yes, but that wasn't what was so interesting to me, Liren said, grinning devilishly now. What caught my attention is why you killed him. He told me Samson killed their leader because he'd killed a dear friend of theirs, a nosy little know-it-all named Ingrid. Victor gasped and stumbled at the mention of her name. Uh, yes, see, I told you I knew you'd like this story. I thought to myself, that's so odd. I could have sworn I killed Ingrid myself. In fact, I take great pleasure in remembering the moment I saw the horror in her smug little eyes when she realized what you'd done. Victor had slowed down, his heart pounding as he listened to Liren's horrible words, and the memories flooded back. So I thought, that could only mean one thing. Silly Victor here must be lying to all his friends, all these years. Is that true, Victor? Victor faltered again. His face had gone pale, and he was stumbling backwards through the flower beds. His ankle twisted on a branch, and he fell, the knife tumbling out of his hands. Liren smiled wickedly. He had Victor exactly where he wanted him. That is just too delicious, he said. How would Samson feel if they knew what you did? How you lied and kept them away from their vengeance? Or sweet Persephone, if she knew you killed her dear friend? I did not! You killed her! Victor screamed, feeling the pain welling up inside his chest like a dam ready to explode. Ingrid was the last person he wanted to think about today. Of course, but I couldn't have done it without your help, Liren said, standing over Victor with the blade in his hand. You know it was your fault. If you didn't, you wouldn't have lied. Scene, Jin's Workshop.
While Victor and Liren dueled outside, Samson and Robert were inside Jin's workshop and it wasn't going well. They had gotten a few good slashes in on the young vampires, but mostly they had been running around the workshop dodging attacks. Samson shot off a few arrows, but only one landed at its target, sending one of the witches stumbling backwards into a wall, her eyes glazed over from the quick poison. But they knew the spell on her would wear off soon, and they needed a better plan. Samson looked around the workshop for something that could help, anything to give them an advantage long enough to free Apricot and Nick. Finally, they saw a bottle labeled Elemental Fire and smiled. Cover me, Samson said to Robert as they moved across the room to grab the bottle. Robert nodded and followed carefully, shouting at Samson to dodge as a poison dart sailed past their head. Samson reached up and grabbed the bottle, then grabbed Robert's arm and pulled him to a crouch behind a countertop. This won't last long, they explained quickly. They'll put themselves out soon, but hopefully this will be enough of a distraction to free Apricot and Nick. We just need the witches holding them to stop casting spells long enough to get them free. I'm going to grab Nick. Can you do Apricot? Robert nodded. I know how to get my sister's attention. That's exactly what I was thinking, Samson said. One more thing. After we get Nick and Apricot free, I'm going to start shouting really loudly about summoning a demon, okay? Robert nodded. Okay. When I've done that for a bit, I'm going to shout a code word to you, and then you need to run and turn off the lights. Got it. What's the code word? Cats, Samson said. Cats? Robert asked. Why? Samson shrugged. I like cats. Let's go. Samson stood up and held up the potion bottle, kissing it for good luck before tying it on to one of the arrows on their crossbow. They fired off the potion, landing it on the floor at the feet of the beautiful witch. She screamed as her dress caught on fire and the flames moved through the vampires. Soon, everyone around her was burning too. Samson bolted through the room at supernatural speed, weaving through the chaotic vampires like the expert spy they were, laser focused on Nick and getting the necklace off of him as fast as possible. They found the werewolf who was still howling like a dying dog and ripped the necklace away while the witch was putting out the flames on her quickly disappearing dress. Nick lunged forward, howling, and ran away from Samson, bounding across the room to hide in a corner. Samson sighed. Freaking werewolves, they said, shaking their head. Meanwhile, Robert had approached Violet, keeping his distance so she couldn't hit him with a spell. Violet, why are you doing this? He called out. You know why, she said. Liren's a bad guy. He's a terrible person, Robert shouted over the chaos of the vampires and witches fighting the flames. I see what you're doing, Robbie, and it won't work, little brother, Violet said, shaking out her long curls and focusing intently on Apricot. She continued whispering her spells. Come on, Violet, you're better than this, Robert tried. She laughed. Better than what? After a lifetime of losing, I'm finally powerful, she said. I never wanted you involved in this, but Liren insisted. I told him you would screw it up like you always do, and now look at us. I should have known you'd pick the losing team, Robbie. You always find a way to ruin a good thing. You're weak and pathetic, and you always have been. I'm not going to let you drag me down with you. 
Robert felt a pang in his heart at her cruel words, but he wasn't surprised either. He remained focused on his goal, and he knew what he needed to do next. He looked around him for something to throw. Finally, his eye landed on a huge leather-bound book. He grabbed the book and hurled it at Violet, hitting her square in the chest and knocking her to the floor. She looked up at him, stunned. You hit me, Robbie, she said. Robert shrugged. Guess I'm not as weak as you thought. Violet's momentary shock was just enough to give Apricot an opening. She whispered a spell and fell onto the counter with a loud thump, ripping the amulet off and jumping onto the ground. Thanks, Robert, she shouted. Robert nodded, and together they ran across the room to where Samson was hiding from the flaming vampires. Samson handed Apricot a knife and stood up. They loudly proclaimed, The only way out of this is to summon the great demon Balderon. Apricot looked alarmed. What? You're going to summon a demon? Oh yes, and they will obliterate our enemies, Samson shouted dramatically, leaping across the room to grab a large metal bowl with runes carved into it. The witches watched Samson carefully, unsure what to make of this strange development. You can't summon a demon, Violet said, lifting herself up from the floor and wiping blood off her cheek. Maybe you can't, but I can, Samson shouted at her and ran around the room, gathering herbs and putting them in the bowl. Apricot, bring me that spellbook from the floor, they said. Apricot ran over and handed Samson the book, then assumed a guard position. Samson lit a match and threw it into the bowl, looking up to make sure all the witches and vampires were watching. They were looking around, unsure of what to do with this new development. Everyone seemed to be looking for Liren to know what to do, but he was nowhere to be found. Samson began chanting a spell from the book loudly. The herbs in the bowl were crackling dramatically, and a heavy smoke was flowing out into the room. Great demon Balderon, I summon thee! Samson bellowed, throwing their hands up into the air before screaming, Cats! Robert was completely transfixed by Samson's performance, like everyone else. He barely even noticed when Samson said the code word. But finally, he remembered and jumped from where he was standing, bolting across the room to the circuit breaker. He slammed all the buttons, probably shutting off power for a large portion of Pendragon in the process. The room went dark. The only things visible were the glowing amulets and Samson's face, lit up by the flames from the bowl of herbs. Great demon Balderon, I summon thee! Samson shouted again. This time, Robert caught a rustling sound from the back of the room, but she was so fast he never saw her until everyone else did. Suddenly, behind Samson, standing atop the bookshelves, was Jin. Her wings spread wide. The only light was from her giant, flaming broadsword. Her hair, long and flowing, twisted in the wind from her flapping wings. The vampire screamed in shock at the sight of her, her face glowing red in the light from the flaming sword. Robert ran to Samson and Apricot to continue the fight, but he need not have bothered. 
The vampires were cowering in fear now as Jin flew off the bookshelf and careened towards them through the air, flaming sword lighting up the darkness. Robert smiled in awe as he watched them scramble to escape the great demon Balderon. Samson smiled too and said to Robert, Now you know what fire of the winter sun is. Robert looked on in awe as he watched them scrambling to escape Jin. Samson turned to Robert with a grin. That's fire of the winter sun. I get it now, Robert said. This was all an act. You made them think Jin was a demon because of her wings and her flaming sword. Wow, that's so brilliant. Samson nodded. It's a little trick we've tried a few times. Since they were all new vampires, it seemed like it might work. Oh, that makes sense. They wouldn't know that you probably can't even summon a demon, Robert said. Samson just smiled and shrugged. Probably, they said. Scene, Victor and Liren. Liren's words had exactly the desired effect on Victor, and when he fell to the ground, Liren wasted no time pinning him down. Victor's knife was so close to his hand, but he couldn't quite grasp it. Liren drove his long, slim blade down towards Victor's heart, but Victor managed to wriggle out at the last moment. Liren stabbed viciously into his shoulder, and he screamed out in pain as he felt the spells and poison take hold. It's good, isn't it? Liren smiled. This poison, it's a special blend Violet made. You know, she's quite a talented witch. Victor grunted, but did not respond. He was too busy trying to inch closer to his knife without Liren noticing. Liren yanked his knife out and wiped the blood on Victor's jacket. He pulled the knife up to Victor's face and dragged the sharp edge along his cheek, savoring the moment. A few more drops in the right spot and you could be paralyzed forever, he said, moving the blade to Victor's throat. Victor's breathing was heavy as he felt the blade pressing into him. He could already feel the poison from his shoulder entering his bloodstream and he knew Liren wasn't lying. Now then, are you finally ready to talk? Liren asked. About what? Victor asked, confused. Robert, of course, Liren said, as though it was obvious. You have to tell me. Tell you what, Victor said. How you did it, Liren said, growing frustrated. What did you offer him? What did you do? Victor blinked a moment in surprise at this sudden shift in the conversation, and then he began to laugh. <laughs> Nothing, he said. Liren dug the blade into his skin, and he felt a few more droplets of the poison enter his bloodstream, each one like a burning worm moving through his body. Victor screamed in pain. Stop lying, Liren said between gritted teeth. Now tell me! Nothing, Victor repeated, this time with a grin. I'll do it. I'll stab you. I'm crazy. You know I will, Liren said, his voice rising. Just tell me, damn it! 
Victor looked into Liren's eyes. They were full of rage, but also fear. Victor began to laugh and laugh. He laughed until the tears streamed down his face. He just couldn't help it. Liren was turning red with anger. Stop laughing, he shrieked. Why are you laughing? What did you do? <laughs> he loves me, Victor said, grinning from ear to ear. That's it. That's all I did. Nothing. In all your scheming, all your planning, you never once thought Robert might just fall in love with me too. Victor heard screams from inside the building. He realized the fire of the winter sun had begun. He only had to hold on a moment longer. He was almost at the knife now. His fingers brushed the edge of the handle. Liren loosened his grip as he searched Victor's face for the lie, trying to understand how it could be true. That's not possible, Liren said, losing his focus as he tried to understand. Suddenly, the door of Jin's workshop busted open, bloody vampires and witches scrambling over each other to escape. Liren looked up to see what the commotion was, and Victor didn't waste a precious moment. He heaved Liren off him and jumped up, diving for the blade, but Liren was just a little too fast. He leapt to his feet and kicked the blade away, keeping his eyes fixed on Victor as his crew ran past them, screaming. Their eyes met, and Victor realized he only had one moment to make a move. When he remembered this moment later, Victor would wonder what possessed him to think of his necklace, but somehow it just felt right. He reached up to his neck and yanked at the pendant, the sharp pointed silver North Star. He lunged for Liren, which caught him off guard. Victor was able to pull him close. He pulled up the necklace and dragged it across Liren's cheek, slicing it open. Liren screamed like he had been burned by hot coals, and the wound hissed with a strange scent Victor didn't understand. The blood poured down Liren's beautiful face, and he stumbled away from Victor, screaming and clutching his wound. Liren looked up at him with wild eyes and pulled his blood-covered hand away and looked at it in surprise. He looked around at the ruined garden and his lackeys running away. This isn't over he whispered, and within a moment he was gone, running through the courtyard at high speed. Scene. The Aftermath. After he was sure Liren was gone, Victor laughed a little to himself and then keeled over, feeling the poison working its way through his system. He stumbled to the doorway of the workshop and poked his head inside, looking to see if everyone was alright. Jin was smiling and trying to get her sword to stop burning. Samson and Robert were bloody and sitting on the floor, looking exhausted. Apricot looked stunned. Her wounds were bleeding and looked nasty. Next to her was a man Victor assumed was the werewolf, although now he was a relatively normal-looking stockbroker, albeit with very bushy eyebrows. Well done, everyone, 
Victor called out, clinging to the doorway. Liren poisoned me. Jin looked up in alarm and rushed over to him, the blazing sword still in hand. Whoa, darling, I don't need it burned out of me, Victor said with a laugh. Sorry, Jin said, holding the sword away from him. I don't know how to put it out. I used this magic potion, and uh, now I don't know what to do with it. Dirt, Apricot croaked out. Jin looked at her. What? Dirt? Apricot nodded. It'll extinguish the flame. Jin smiled gratefully and nodded, running outside and plunging her sword into the ground, where the flames went out with a hiss. Jin came back inside and turned to Victor. How did he poison you? Victor pulled back his shirt and showed her the wound in his shoulder. She winced when she saw it, but said, It looks like adder and vineberry. I think I have a poultice that will work, but you'll definitely need repeated dosing. You should stay here for a few days. Victor nodded, his knuckles going white as he grabbed onto the doorframe. Robert stood up and came over to him nervously, his eyes full of worry and anxiety. Is there anything I can do? He asked. Leave, Victor said coldly. Same for you, he added to Samson. Both of you, get out of my sight. Victor turned away and limped towards the library to lie down. He didn't look back once. And so we come to the end of their battle, with Victor wounded in more ways than one. Perhaps after a rest, Robert can find a way to win him back tomorrow. You've been listening to All Vampires Are Gay. This episode was created, written, and performed by Corwin Rosewood, produced and composed by Parker Frost with additional production, mixing, editing, and engineering by the team at Studio Corwin. If you enjoyed this episode, consider supporting our show today so we can make more episodes in the future. You can find all the ways to support us at corwinrosewood.com. Thank you for listening.